Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to Different Church Online. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to us on podcasts, we are so thankful that you're here today. My name's Angie, and I'm excited to be tuning in with you. Before we hop into the message, I want to let you know on ways that you can get connected. Head over to our website, dfrnt.church, or if you want to follow us on social media, follow at Different Church Online. Now, we are in a series called Just Do It. What is keeping us from doing what God has called us to do most? Fear. But success is behind what scares us the most. But enough about me. Let's hop into the message. Different church. How's everybody in house feeling? Are we good this morning? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Hey, everybody online, I have no idea where you're watching from, who you're watching with. Maybe you're on podcast. You're just listening, man. I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Now, if you guys know me, everyone taught me how to be a preacher. Nobody ever taught me how to be a preacher with ADHD, okay? When we get into a series, when we do a series for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, this last series was eight weeks. When we get into that, bro, my mind starts moving. So anytime we do a new series, you already know. So I'm going to need some help in the chat room. Hey, chat room. Let me talk to you for a second. I need you to help me out. We're in a series called Just Do It. Don't sue us, Nike. We're doing a series called Just Do It. What happens when I'm scared, when I walk through fear? And I think that fear is a little bit different than we think that it is. Fear isn't just scary movies. It's not haunted houses. It's a little bit deeper than we think it really is. And I think that a lot of it is we, if fear can grab hold of you, it will change how you view certain things. It will change how you view. If, you, if, if you're scared of the dark, are you actually scared of the dark? Well, probably not. You're scared of the thing you put in the dark. You created the thing that's in the dark because a person that walks into a dark room with faith, a dark situation with faith, they're looking at opportunity. Somebody that walks into a dark situation in fear sees it as an opposition. It is something that blinds our eyes supernaturally. It changes something in how I view different aspects in my life. And so as we walk through, what is fear? Do I, do I know what it means in And I think that really, even if I'm scared, what does God ask me to do? Just do it. Just do it. You don't understand everything? Just do it. You can't afford everything God's called you to do? God God called you to it before you could ever afford it. If you could afford it, if you could do it, if you could make it happen, what point would there be of having faith? There would be none. And at some point, we're not talking about this week, so you can breathe. Eventually, the scariest thing on this planet, hear me, and don't act like you don't know, the scariest thing is when I check my bank account. The thing I fear most are my finances. So at some point, I'd be a really bad dude if it says, I think it's statistics, 98% of Americans stress and have anxiety about their finances. Almost 50% of suicides happen because it's financially related. The fear of finances. Why am I so scared? Why do finances run my life? Why am I so scared when I check my bank account? It's never good, is it? Because right whenever I get paid, I think it's the first right now. If you're watching on the second, you've already paid rent today. We got to pay rent. Listen, rent is due today and I'm scared. Why? Why do I walk through this whole life? But can I speak something over you? And and maybe this, this may not mean nothing to nobody, but for some reason as I was praying and God What if your poverty could help you in your creativity? You know, when you got nothing in your fridge and you walk to the fridge and you start making meals and recipes the world's never seen before, they become some of your favorite meals, don't they? 
In your poverty, you created something that you really enjoyed. To this day, some nachos with some shredded cheese and some old Taco Bell packets are one of my favorite things I eat in my life. My poverty helped my creativity. And what if in your poverty, God's calling you to create a new way to do an old thing? He's giving you the chance. Oh, I'm just poor. No, no, no. You have the chance to be powerful in your poor. You have a chance to create something and innovate something when everyone goes, I'm going to start the business when I get the money. I'm going to start the music career when I get the money. I'm going to start this when I get the money. He's saying, watch what happens in your poverty, how you'll create breakthrough when everyone else wants to buy breakthrough. Your poverty can help you in your creativity. If, listen, if you won't look at it through the lens of fear. If you won't go, I'm broke again, paid rent, I'm done. See you in 14 days and I got to pay more bills and I'm broke again and I'm broke again and I'm broke again. What if you use this moment? What if you use your broke, use your po? We were po, we weren't poor. We couldn't afford the other letters in the word. We were, I thought clearance was a brand. I really did. I thought it was clearance. I've been, dude, I'm telling you, ain't nobody been broker than me. And what if in that moment you're able to be, you're able to innovate and do something no one's ever done before because you didn't have what everyone else had. And you could create something great out of it. But I'm not talking to no poor people in the room. I'm talking to all rich people online. I'm sure it's just for you. Don't be so scared about your lack. God never asked you to have something when he called you to something. God never asked you that. He never said to check the bill when he gave you something to do. He never said, hey, are you okay? Are you going to be okay with the calling I put on your life? Some, we got some singers in the room. Are you going to be okay that I'm calling you to make music even if you can't afford the studio time? Are you going to be okay? Are you going to be okay? We got some entrepreneurs online in the room. Are you going to be okay even though you can't afford to make the LLC? Are you going to be okay and step out in faith? He called you to do it before you ever could afford it. And you're going to sit down and wait and wait and wait. And then listen, and when you do that, and, and I'm done, I promise. We're not talking about finances. We can breathe. We're not talking about finances. I promise. You'll get bitter at everyone that stepped out in faith. Your fear when you don't do it will create bitterness and resentment to people that stepped out in faith. It is not their problem. They stepped out in faith. Do not get mad at other people for moving. You don't see nobody getting mad at the person that came in last place in a race, do you? Who, who do they start interviewing and everyone make videos about whenever they keep winning? The person in first place. Because it reveals something that I, sh- I should have done. I should have done it. I had these ideas years ago. You, are, you already have an uncle that created everything 10 years ago, don't you? We all got an uncle that created the iPhone back in the 60s. Didn't do it. Somebody did it even in their lack. Even in their lack. And I think that God wants to do something in the midst of your poor that can be powerful. I promise, I promise, I promise. But as we talk on fear, it changes, it blinds, it changes how you view. You ever just woken up just complete, like just immediately, right when you woke up, how much money you got to spend today, everything you've got to do today, everything you've got to clean today. You wake up to four text messages, four emails, 1,400 emails, and everybody's mad at you. Immediately fear strikes a chord into you, and now you're swinging on everybody. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. You're ready to swing on everybody. It's only 6 a.m. And God goes, no, 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 I didn't call you to live that way. That's not something I called you to live. 
We live in grace. We live in, well, and, and we're about to see in a second, if we have a Bible turn in 2 Timothy 2. We're about to see this, what, what spirit God gives us versus what spirit the world and the enemy gives us. We're about to see what fear is. But some of us wake up immediately right when we check our phones. Fear hits us. Everything I haven't, listen, everything I haven't done yet. Everything I should have done yesterday. Now I'm about to get in trouble for everything I should have done yesterday. And now I'm in today. No, 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 no. We do not live in fear. But there's one thing fear will, there's one place fear will keep you in your mind. You will not be able to use ideas and manifest, hear me, and manifest ideas into the outward when you have a spirit of fear hovering over you. You will be stuck here your whole life. You will think everything. We don't have online. I definitely know we don't have overthinkers in the room or online in the chat room. I already know we don't. But, but here's the dangerous part. When you overthink, you underpray. Thinking and praying are not the same things. When you think on something, you try to figure your way out. When you pray about something, you're letting God work it out. And the devil is fine with you thinking about it because he, you've got your power on it to get you out. But whenever you pray on it, he's fine with you overthinking. Think all day, think all week, think all year, think for 40 years. As long as you don't pray on it, because the moment you pray on it, God's going to work on it. But the moment, the moment you get stuck, the enemy is fine with you thinking all about it. And you think you're doing something, don't you? And that's the dangerous part about overthinking, because you feel like you're doing something. You ain't doing a dang thing, but thinking. And that's it. Listen, when you're stuck here, ideas can't manifest themselves out here because you're scared because you live in fear and you will stay here. But the moment you go, Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you have this. I've got things to do. Just do it. I've got things to do. I can't stay here. Listen, I don't have a room here. This is not, what do they say now? Rent free. Ain't nothing living here. I've got things to do. I cannot spend all day thinking about one text message. That's not for anybody. I cannot spend all day thinking about my aunt because there's going to be somebody that needs breakthrough and I can't give them breakthrough because I'm trying to break through over here, all right here. And this never does anything because I'm, because I'm scared. Let's go to the war. Look at what it says. 2 Timothy 1, two verses. And, can, and, and I'm going to do something. Guys in the back, you guys don't have this passage. But if you brought a real word, I just want to speak something over you or maybe someone online. It starts in verse 5. And, and here's why we teach. Uh, everyone's like, Tyler's the preacher. But sometimes like we got to teach some stuff to understand the preaching. Teaching has to happen to lay a foundation so that preaching can be built. Preaching is to inspire. Okay. Teaching is to build the foundation so when I am inspired, I have a good foundation on how to move forward. In Timothy, anytime you read, right, you read Galatians, that is not some weird word. It is a city called Galatia, and the people, just like we would say Floridians, this, this is to the state of Florida. I'm writing to the Floridians. Anytime you read one of those Philippians, who, where do you think they're from? Philippi. Okay. When somebody's name is up, this is either from an author or writing to somebody to inspire them, okay? Timothy, remember big brain stuff. We're working, we're cooking for just a minute. Big brain stuff. Timothy was a young preacher at the largest church in the area. And, and this is where you'll see, hey, don't let people yell at you. And you probably heard this passage before. Do not let people look down on you because you were young, but lead them in da-da-da-da-da, right, love, humility, all of that. He's writing, that's in Timothy. He's writing to this young preacher because some people were trying to play him. 
And he said, no, 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 don't let people look down on you because you're young. Step out. Second Timothy one, verse five, we're in verse seven and eight, but verse five, look at what this says. And this is for somebody. Paul's writing to Timothy. It says, I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith. Watch this, watch this. He's not talking about Timothy's faith. Look at where it came from. You share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, Eunice, however you pronounce it. And I know, watch what it says. And I know that this same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to flam the, fan the flames, the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. He says, you've got faith that runs in your family. You know too much to stand still. Your grandmothers have been praying too long for you to be powerless. Some, some of us have some really good families that have been praying for us for a long time and we are just sitting here overthinking our entire life. We, we, have too, we have too much faith in our bloodline to not move. Timothy has seen God move too much. He says, I remember your grandmother Lois and your mom. They were killing it. You have too much faith in your blood. You have seen too much in your family to not believe. What's that song we sing? He's too good to not believe. Your family has been through so much. You've seen how God has been so faithful. Why are you scared now? Because what does he say right after verse 7? Isn't it crazy how whenever you start reading the Bible and note, like it changes how you read it. Now we get to verse seven. Look at what it says. After, you, hey, I know your family's been dope. Your family's been praying. Your family's been in the word. Your family's been in church. Your family's prayed for you, Timothy. Verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Let me remind you, Timothy, because your grandmothers knew this. Your mother knew this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. And timidity. That's a side note for somebody. But of power, love, and what nobody loves, self-discipline. Verse 8 and we're done. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Let's go back up to the beginning. Verse 7. Somebody, and, and, and I was reading that during worship. Somebody has, has faith running through your veins. But right now you have fear in your mind. Can Paul remind you, you, he, God has seen the faith your family has walked in. God has seen the church services you attended when you didn't even know you were attending them. You were just sleeping in the pews. God knows the prayers, the hands that were laid on you back in the day. It was testimony night and somebody laid, you were a little girl at the time. Somebody laid their hand. Don't forget where you come from. Paul says, Timothy, don't forget where you come from. There is too much faith for you to be standing around. But then he says, because why? We have not been given a spirit of fear. Did it just say, uh, did it just say we have not been given fear? No, it's spooky season. What did he say? We did not be, we were not given a what church spirit, a spirit of fear. It's spooky season. It's spooky. We were not given a spirit. That means this is bigger than something that is in a scary movie. This is bigger than what's going to jump out after the credits on a movie. This is bigger than going to, listen, Spirit Halloween scared me this week. I'm going to tell you right now, you step on those little squares on the floor and the thing pops out at you, scaring me. That's not, no, no, no. Fear is not that. Fear is a spirit. Fear is something you have been carrying for a long time. And we, and we talked about it last week. Christians cannot be possessed. We are oppressed. Meaning I can carry fear into every season. 
into every situation. Every single time somebody talks about me, I immediately think worst case scenario. You ever just immediately think everyone's dead the moment you get a bad text? You just think everything's, I have no money, everything's that I'm homeless next week because I missed a day. You begin to, right here begins to wreck you. That's a spirit that you carry. That is not just a, a personality trait. A lot of us think, oh, I'm just into, no, no, no. That's a spirit that you carry that you need to rebuke in the name of Jesus. When you feel a heaviness, the moment you get a bad text and every, like from the, from the tops of your head to the, uh, to the soles of your feet, you begin to feel anxious and stressed and worried. That's a spirit that came on top of you in that season. That's where you have to say, in the name of Jesus, I, I command you to leave. Because this is, but I have not given you a spirit. This does not come from God. That feeling that you get does not come from God. The moment you feel it, you can know. But if you don't know the word, that's what we talk about. If we don't know the word, how can I talk about these things? How can I think about these things? You have to know the word. The moment you or your spouse or your children immediately freeze up and you get scared, the moment pushback comes, the moment a dark room comes, the moment a shut door comes and you begin to overthink everything in the... That's in the moment you got to say in the name of Jesus, this isn't from you. I know it's not from you because in 2 Timothy 1, 7, and you begin to quote the word. This doesn't come from you. This doesn't come from you. This doesn't come from you, but you'll live with it and you'll carry it. And here's the dangerous part. It will get lighter the more you carry it. And you will think it is just who you are. You will think you're strong enough. You are not strong enough to carry fear. You are not strong enough. It will hurt you. It will hurt your family. It will hurt your children. It will hurt your finances. It will hurt your future. But we just think fear is this thing. And and I know like Tyler, why are you always speaking? Maybe it's just Pentecostal dude. I have no idea. This has been something I have felt. uh, The moment I got bad news, everything hit rather than seeing through the lens of faith. Remember, because I can hear the same news and go, God's about to do something. God's, I lost my job. There's a better one coming. There's a better one coming. You said no to me about this. There's a better one coming. I can see it through the lens of faith. But when the enemy goes, no, 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 I'm going to let you, I'm going to cover those eyes for a season. So you're scared. I'm going to cover your eyes. But we, we think scary movie or we think fear is scary movies. And so I went to Spirit Halloween this Listen, listen, listen. Don't, don't rebuke me. I know somebody online is going to get so mad that I brought some scary movie stuff in the thing. And I'm going to tell you before I had this teaching, right? I was going to teach like, what have scary movies taught us? And, and I had, I don't know if you've ever seen this, uh, the, the, the movie Chucky. You ever seen that? Bro, too, I picked up the mask to preach. Like I, I had the thing like, not everything, uh, just because it's cute doesn't mean it won't kill you. I'm telling you. And I had a message for Chucky. I'm telling you, I had something. I had something. I picked up that thing. I said, nah, this ain't, this, mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. I, I said, Ryan, like I was walking in there with Ryan. I said, Ryan, this, this is too far. And, and when Tyler, <laughs> when Tyler says it's too far, it was too far eight miles ago. You know what I mean? When I say it's too far, it was way too far. But so I got some move. Listen, because the, the fear or the scary part of the movie is not the character. It's not the creature. It's not the monster. There's something deeper in every movie that strikes something in you. And you're, you're not scared of money. Because if I put $100 bills, you're going to snatch that thing up in a second. You're not scared of money. You're scared of the lack of money, and you're scared of the lack of security that comes with money. And if you don't know the deep, the, the deep, you're not scared of people. 
Because you walk by people all day long and you hug them, you, you, you shake their hand, you follow them on the ground, whatever. You're not scared of people. You're scared of people that will do you dirty. And that is what the lack of trust. You're scared of something deeper. And I think every movie has something a little bit deep that we can learn. Even though people are going to get mad at me, look. You ever seen the movie Scream? You know, Ghost, this guy right here, Ghostface, you know, what the, you know what Ghostface taught us? You know what the movie Scream taught us? Sometimes the killer's close to you. Sometimes the thing close to you will kill you. We always watch a scary movie and we think the monster, we think the monster, we think it's somebody we ain't never seen in the movie before. As the plot thickens, you figure out it's a friend. You figure out it was somebody's boyfriend killing everybody. A lot of times the familiar will kill your faith. A lot of times the enemy will use something close to you, a friend, a relative, some family members. And, and can, I, can I release you from something right now? Just because it has always been this way doesn't mean God called it to be this way. Just because your family has always spoken like that does not mean you need to keep speaking like that. Just because you've always been stressed, your family has always been stressed, doesn't mean you should always be stressed. God called you to always be stressed. Just because something is familiar doesn't mean it can't kill your faith. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. You ever these movies, I, I've only seen like one of them. I watched like half of it, right? I don't, I don't really do scary movies. But I saw this and I was like, I, I didn't see it coming. I said, her boyfriend did it? I thought it was somebody I hadn't seen. It's always, the killer's always close. Let's see what else we got. Let's see. Let's see. Ooh. Hey, trigger warning for everybody online. Uh, if you're scared of clowns, I'm sorry. I know some people have like a, like a phobia of clowns, right? You ever seen this? You know what the movie It taught us? You know what Pennywise teaches? I don't know if you've ever seen the movies It, right? There are these young kids right at the beginning of the movie. There are these young kids who, they're called the Losers Club. And they encounter it at a young age. They encounter the clown at a young age. And so rather than confronting the clown, they decide to outrun the clown. They decide to move away. They decide to start a life and never confront the thing they were actually scared of. And can I tell you, as Christians, there are some things we can't outgrow. We have to confront And many of us, our problem is not something new that the devil's tricking us with. A lot of it is something we refuse to deal with when we were younger. We refuse to confront when we were younger. You just thought you would outgrow the insecurity, young lady, but that insecurity has followed you and you are 55 years old right now. There are some things you haven't outgrown, young man. You thought the pornography would end when you got married and it did not. There are some things you cannot outrun. You have to confront because God's not scared of it. Why would you be scared of it? This dude followed them to college. This dude followed them to marriage. He was never going to leave them alone until they confronted him. And they ended it. 
And there's something you're just trying to outrun. You haven't taken it to the word. You haven't prayed about it. And you know what? And you know what's crazy is I was like, I was kind of read. I don't know that I've ever seen this whole movie all the way. Is I was like reading about it because I'm too scared. You know, I'll watch a movie, but I'll watch a movie like this. You know what's crazy? My wife doesn't close her eyes. She closes her ears when she's scared. I don't get it. I just don't understand. <laughs> I just, I, I, we haven't figured it out yet. If you're waiting on some great thing, I, I don't know. Like we just don't, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. So even if I was to try to watch this movie, I wouldn't even know what it was about. So I was reading it. They had to go back to where they first met him to destroy him. They had to go back to the city that they first met him. A lot of times God will call you to go back before you can go forward. God will call you to dig up some old, you gotta, you gotta forgive an old boyfriend that has just wrecked you. You've gotta go forgive an old boss. You gotta forgive a family member. You gotta go back before you can move forward because they're gonna follow you into every season of your life. Let's get this dude out of here. And this one just came out, or this, a new one just came out. A new one just came out. You know what Jigsaw from the movie Saw can teach us? I don't know if you've ever seen Saw. The, the, the beginning of the movie, it always starts out, somebody wakes up, right? They wake up and they're in a trap. They wake up, something's attached to their head, something crazy, their arm's about to fall off. I have no idea. They wake up in a trap and you go, let's get them out. But as the movie progresses, you find out there's something about their past they haven't dealt with yet. The, the killer trapped them with their past. Many Christians... The enemy will trap you with your past to rob you of your present so you never move forward into your future. He will always bring up something you did to keep you from moving forward. How are you going to start a business? You failed one already. How are you going to start a family? You failed one already. How are you going to do this? How are you going to start a ministry? I know what you did. And the moment, and the moment he brings up your past, you begin to freeze in the present. And now I can't move because I, I haven't gotten over it. Listen, if God has gotten over your past, if God does not bring up your past, why do you keep letting the enemy bring up your past? If God called you to it, run to it. This dude would just catch these people. Bro, and you're all, and, and, and I was like, I, I think I watched the very first one. I think I was like younger. I watched the very first one. And, and, and I don't know if you ever saw at the beginning, you didn't even know the dude that was in the thing with them wasn't dead the whole time. And you're like, oh, crazy. <laughs> That's it. Ain't no teaching. Just like, bro, it was crazy online. I'm sorry. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening on, everyone's like, oh man, say something deep. Nah, man, that was just crazy. I was like, what? But God will bring the dead things to life in the name of Jesus. Can I? <laughs> stop, 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 stop. We're serious. But fear, but fear is more than these movies. Fear is more than these scenes. Fear is more than what your grandma, fear is more than what the, the church said. Fear is a spirit that has been hovering over you and has been blinding you for years. You have been looking at opportunities as oppositions just because the door was shut. Just because it was a dark room. No, God was like, wait till you get into the dark room. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Most times when you go on vacation, you got to drive in the dark, don't you? You don't like it. I don't like it. The only thing I see are the lights. Scared a deer is going to run out in front of me. But guess what? I like the destination better than I hate the dark. 
You will love where God takes you more than the season you're in right now if you'll just what? Just do it. If I will just move forward, if I will just talk about Jesus, if I will just start praying, if I will just start reading, if I will just start the ministry God called me to do, if God will just start the business God called me to start and watch him cook. What do they say? Let him cook. Let him cook. Let God work on something. You run the first time, it gets scary. And I can't, I can't get mad at y'all. I run, dude, I'm the scariest person in the world. But here's what I'm going to tell you. This past week, every time October comes, you'll probably see some videos on my wife's Instagram story. My girls love to scare me. Every single time, listen, every time I walk through a corner and I am jumpy, you can be in front of me. You jump at me, I'm a jump. Like I can see you. I, will, I am just that. I have always been scary. How you respond when you get scared shows a lot about the things inside of you. My, we were at the church. We were just kind of cleaning up or doing something. And Asher jumps out and goes, boo. And she was wearing one of these masks. And I said, oh, Jesus. And I walk over. I was just like my, my grandma or something. Just some old, just, oh, Jesus. And then all, the rest of the day, you know what she was saying the whole time? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. When I was scared, something, in, something came out of me and it was the name of Jesus. Listen, I couldn't do much. When you walk through a scary season, how do you respond? How do you shout? How do you yell? How do you cuss somebody out? Do you shrink back and just watch Netflix until everyone forgot about it? Or do you really call on the name of Jesus in the midst of the scariest moments? Olivia, if you want to, come play. But look at what this says right here. So let's go back to the word. Verse 7. For God has not, and, and I like this translation. We got it. Okay. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what's the next thing? And timidity. Being timid doesn't come from God. And watch this. And, and we'll get these mixed. And, and this is just something. Let, let's teach for a second. Timidity and humility are not the same things. God has called you to walk in humility, not timidity. When you walk in timidity, you, you shrink back because you're scared of what somebody's going to say. When you walk in humidity, you walk forward to serve somebody. The enemy, but they look similar. They look similar. I can just shrink back and let everyone run on top of me. I just let everyone go in front of me. I'm humble. No, you're not. You're timid. You're scared to move forward because someone might call you out moving forward. That is not humility. That is shrinking back. God said in the midst of you moving forward, help others move forward. When you serve somebody, you should never have to take steps back. When you serve, you're moving forward in your calling while helping them move forward in their calling. But we will think, okay, hey, I'm just shy. Okay, you can be shy and God can still call you to preach the gospel. God can call you to still lay hands on somebody. I'm socially awkward. Okay, cool. God still called you to be a prayer warrior for somebody. But you will go, I'll just let everyone go because that's just my spiritual gift. No, it's not. This word right here says, I did not give you a spirit of fear or timidity. Humility. Walk out your calling while serving others. Don't pull your calling back so other people can shine. There's enough darkness where everyone can shine. I want you to know that. Well, I can't lead worship. There's so many good singers at the church. There's so many good. There's too many people that need to worship. 
Well, Tyler, you're just another preacher online. There are so many people online that haven't heard the gospel yet. I don't do God good being timid. Being humble, yes. But you will disguise your, your timidity with humility and go, okay, I'm just here for everyone. I'm just here. When are you going to be here for yourself? When are you going to accomplish your calling? When are you going to do what God called you to do? Because you've got to imagine, remember, this is a young preacher just getting started, biggest church, people running around, acting crazy at the church, talking bad about them. Paul goes, hey, I don't need you to be timid. I need you to stand for what God called you to stand for. Even if people think you're young, even if people won't listen, even if people don't believe, keep moving, baby. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. So look at what it says. But God does give us a spirit. So there is a spirit that comes from God. Look at what it says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power. You cannot be a Christian and not be powerful. You ever just left church? You ever left the worship service? You ever left just reading the word and you just have a different swagger about you than before? You just walk a little different. You'll walk a little like... You know, like for me, when I eat like a good breakfast, not an unhealthy breakfast where I like, I don't feel miserable about myself. When I eat a good breakfast, when I read the Bible, I go work out and I listen to worship while I work out. Boy, I leave the gym. Bro, you, 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 you say, who is this dude? I am walking in a confidence I didn't have before I was listening to worship and reading the word. I am walking in a boldness and a power that I didn't have before. But fear, listen, Fear will rob you of his presence because that's where our power supply is. Just like your phone will die if it is not attached to a power supply at some point. Your faith will die if you are not attached to a power supply at some point. That is why every day we say, run to the word so you have power. Run to prayer so you have power. Run to worship, you have power. Because now we just got this, these wimpy Christians just walking around. Hi, 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 hi. God's like, no, no, no. I called you to be powerful. I called you to walk with a confidence and a swagger and a boldness about you. Because when, oh, I think it's been Dion that's been saying, when you look good, you play good. God says, hey, when, when you look good, I look good. Because I put you on this earth to be my, you look like me. I put you on this to be my masterpiece. And when you, when you look bad, what does he say whenever, uh, and this is just for somebody like the, he, when he's talking about fasting, he says, hey, when you fast, clean your face, don't look like you've been fasting. Are you driven by a desire to create change? Dive into From Passion to Purpose, where we unlock the stories of nonprofit trailblazers. Get inspired as leaders share invaluable tips and transformative tales that empower you to make a lasting impact in your community. Tune in and ignite your passion into purpose today. Look good. In the midst of your grow, in the midst of your growing, and when you're fasting, you're praying through something, you're going through something, he says, hey, even in the midst of hell, look like heaven. Even in the midst of hell, look like heaven. Clean the face, look good. But that comes from spending time in his presence. Your power comes from his presence. And we, have, we are powerless when we haven't spent time in his presence. 
Because you will spend time in man's presence and hear man's voice. And when they go, you're not enough. When they say, I don't think you can do the job. When they say, I don't think you're called. You will get their power. You will get what they can give you. And that's insecurity, that's doubt, that's fear. But when you spend time in the presence of God, he reminds you what he called you to do. He reminds you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When you spend time in the word, you begin to read things about you you didn't even know about you. Power. Power. He says, you, nobody's winning when you're powerless. People aren't being reached for the gospel and you're powerless. You're miserable and you're powerless. So how do you know if you have my spirit on, in you and on top of you? When you feel power. But it's not just that. Look at what this says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power. What's the next one? Love. Everyone wants love. But the moment we, free, the moment we forget that we're loved, we don't know how to love. You won't know how to love people because you've never, if you've ever been in an abusive relationship, a lot of times the hardest part is getting into a new relationship and it being healthy and you learning how to navigate health. You ever know somebody that's been sick a long time? Like they had COVID for months or something like that. They were sick for months and they get healed. Their body is still lethargic. They're trying to, their body's still trying to figure out what healthy feels like. They've been in bed for so long. They were just able to sleep for, it, there's a season where you have to learn I am loved because I am no good loving if I don't know that I am loved. And the dangerous part, when God caught, when the enemy puts fear over your life and on your life, you will look at people through the lens of fear, rather the lens of faith. And you're going to go, you're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. You're going to leave. You're going to leave. You're going to leave. You're going to talk bad about me. You're going to talk bad about me because you don't know love. You think everyone's after you. Not everyone is out to get you. There's an old pastor a long time ago. He used to, somebody used to say, man, they're talking about me. Man, they're going to do this, they're going to do this. And he looked at the person during service. He goes, who's they? And they, they couldn't say who they was. They made up they in their mind. It was something somebody did years ago. It was something a family member heard them with years ago. It was something somebody said in middle school. Ain't nobody talked to them in years. Who's they? They hadn't learned how to love yet. And when you don't know that you're loved, this is, and, and, and this is for somebody, you'll become insecure. You're insecure, not because there aren't things that are secure that you can latch onto. You're insecure because you latched onto things that didn't love you. And then you have a lack of security. You're insecure because you gave someone your beauty that, that didn't think that you are beautiful. So therefore you feel like you lack beauty. You gave your intelligence to somebody that didn't think you were intelligent. Therefore now you feel like you lack intelligence. You gave your calling and your purpose to somebody that couldn't see your calling and purpose. Therefore you feel like you lack a calling and purpose. You're insecure not because God made you wrong. You're insecure because you gave your security to somebody that loved you wrong. My security is in who Jesus is and who Jesus is alone. But your insecurity is built because you handed your security to something that wasn't secure. And whatever it is that you're insecure about, you've got to attach it to the cross of Christ. 
You know how many people don't think I'm a good preacher? And if I really was insecure about that, I would probably stop. You can't bring these masks up here. You can't just go on some ADHD rants. I didn't ask you, bro. God called me to do it. And I have some quirks along the way. When you step out, you're going to have some quirks along the way. That's like me getting, I'm only going to get married when I have the perfect marriage. Ryan, if you're watching, we do. No. But the moment I attach my security to something that isn't secure, my security leaves. Now I'm insecure and insecure people can't love people properly because you will love somebody to gain security, not to love them. You will, you have loved people in a way to make you secure, not to serve them. You will tell them they're beautiful so that you get your beautiful in return. You didn't care about their beauty. You just wanted to be beautiful. You won't know how. You won't know how to love. This is, that's why we run to the presence of God in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our insecurity, in the midst of our doubt, in the midst of our stress. We run to him because he is secure. His love and his power are secure. These are things I can latch my life, latch my my marriage on, latch my future on, my children on. I can latch and I won't have a lack. There is no lack in the name of Jesus. There is no lack in the name of Jesus. There is no lack. He has the cattle on a thousand hills for somebody struggling with finances. There is no lack financially in the name of Jesus. He, he bore our stripes so we could be healed. There is no lack of healing in the name of Jesus. He was the perfect lover. He was the perfect father. So there is no lack of love in the name of Jesus. But when I attach to everything but him, I will get insecure. But what's the last thing? Okay, and we're done, and we're done, and we're done. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love. I like the first two. I don't like this one. And discipline. Tyler, preach about the other ones. No. You can't get disciple without another word. What is it? Discipline. You're more scared of discipline than the devil. I'm more scared of waking up early to read the word than the devil. Devil attack me. I am. Just let me sleep for 10 more minutes. Devil, you can have my family. Just give me this 10 minute show or whatever. Your lack of discipline. We cannot blame the devil for our lack of discipline. Your marriage is not being attacked by the devil. It's being attacked by your lack of prayer. Your finances are not being attacked by the devil. It's being attacked by your lack of self-control. But the moment you can just blame the devil, you never have to be accountable. And I'm more scared of accountability than I am anything spiritually. This is no, when God's spirit is on you, you will have power, you will have love, and you will have discipline in the name of Jesus. That means you will be able to wake up early and serve him. You will stay late and serve him. You'll have discipline for your mind. You'll have discipline to pray over your family. You'll have the discipline to follow in the word, follow in the words that are in the word. Discipline. 
discipline, discipline, discipline. Most of our attacks are not devil, they're discipline. The devil doesn't have to create things if you'll just create them. If you'll create them. Married men, not sending DMs to people that aren't your wife. That should be a discipline that you have. And then don't complain about your marriage when that happens. The devil did not do that. You sent the message. Well, why am I that? Why are my kids this way? Did you spend time with them and read the word over their life? Prophesy over their life. Pray over their life. Discipline. I've created a lot of the problems I have. And I think a lot of us are scared of accountability more than we are anything else. But at the throne room of God, eventually all of us have to be accountable for what we did on this earth. All of us have to at some point. What I said, how I acted, what I looked at, what I did, how I treated others, how I used the money God gave me, whatever it is, I will be accountable. That scares me, but that's a spirit that God gives you. You'll have discipline. And a lot of us, if you lack discipline, I think he put this at the end. You know, when, when it's the last thing, you better remember it. That's like the period at the end, the grocery list, the last thing. It's the first thing and the last thing. He says, do not fear, have discipline. Have discipline to run to my presence and gain power and love. Have the discipline in the midst of your fear, in the midst of me not having a job, in the midst of me not having finances to run to his presence, to have power and love and security. Discipline. A sound mind, the, the old scriptures say it, power, love, and a sound mind. My mind is sound on the things of God. There aren't a bunch of different songs playing in my head. There's not fear and doubt and worry and insecurity and all this. No, my mind is sound on what the word says about me and what the word called me to. But we're more scared of discipline than we are the devil. But that's where, that's where it happens. That's where you begin to grow. That's where you begin to flourish. And what does fear keep us from? In verse eight, and then we're done, I promise. Look at the very end and we're gonna pray. But of power, love, and a sound mind, verse eight and we're done. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Never be ashamed to tell someone where you've been. Never, what was the song we just sang? Like there's never been a mess that he can't pull me out of, right? Like he's always been there. He's got me out. He's given me second and third and fourth. Tell people about your 18th chance the other day. Tell somebody what you've been through. Everyone thinks you're just this perfect Christian. You're not. The scariest movie out right now is your life, isn't it? The scariest creature that's ever been. You dated him. You dated the scariest. These dudes got nothing to your ex, right? You've walked through it. Share it. You have walked through hell. Tell someone about it so they can get to heaven. That's why it happened. But you'll be ashamed. You'll be ashamed. You'll be ashamed because you're insecure. You don't feel love. You don't feel power. And you're not disciplined to run to his presence to get it again. And you're scared. Can I pray for us online? Can I pray for you real quick? Just a blessing. I have no idea where you are, who you are, what's going on. But this season in October, it's spooky season. But listen, I'm clinging to the spirit of God. I'm clinging to what God called me to do. You can say anything you want about me. I'm clinging to what God called me to do. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I will trust his word before I trust your word. Jesus, we love you. 
I want to run to your presence. I want to run to the power supply. I want to run to where I get power, where I get love, where I get a sound mind, where I find my discipline. I'm done seeing things through the lens of fear. I'm done seeing things through the lens of insecurity, of stress, of doubt, of worry. Every time I get a bad text, I immediately get shrouded in fear. I am done in the name of Jesus. I am done walking in timidity acting like I'm humble. No, I'm done shrinking back. You have called me to do too much and I am not going to watch everyone else be everything you've called them to be and me not be who you've called me to be. God, I'm believing you're going to do something in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. But help me. Help me, help me, help me. I believe, but help my unbelief in this season. I believe I see you moving, but in this season, it's just hard. Everything's dark, doors are closed, money's tight. You're gonna do something. You're gonna do something, you're gonna do something. Lord, we love you. We love you, we love you. It's your name we pray and everybody said, amen.